2: Hello everyone, I am Matt Williamson. Uh, We are not going to talk Ravens yet, but I have lots of Ravens research that I've been doing the last day or so. I'm going to have a lot for you. They're a very interesting team. Obviously, game the Steelers have to get almost at this point. Um, Also, my article for the week is out and just to tease it a little bit, it is, you know, Coach Tomlin said, yeah, we're going to make changes. Well, what changes should they make? You know, what are logical stuff? So go check that out. Leave me some comments. A lot of you guys have written me back and very kind stuff, of course. So thank you. So let's get into this. Let's say, let's say they fire Matt Canada right now, or by the time you listen to it, they he is out. Now, this is all again, I'm not saying it's good bad or idea good bad idea or not. Frankly, first of all, well, I think it is a good idea. Because, frankly, I don't think he's a good coordinator. But a huge thing here is you're now two and a half years into his stint. You know, close to it. And in order to keep everyone's effort, credibility, respectability, I don't know that you can go to TJ Watt and Minka and Cam. And I'm not just picking out defensive guys. I'm picking out leaders and say – I'm okay with how it's going. We're just going to keep doing it. You know what I mean? Now, if you do let him go, it's still most likely a wasted year. I mean, that doesn't mean they can't get better. Of course they can. But in terms of scheme, you can't put in a new scheme. You can tweak this one. You can throw out the garbage of it. You can enhance what's good but you're not going to implement an entirely new scheme. You know, I mean, that's just the way it works. And is there really a great candidate in-house to write the ship? It's probably just addition by subtraction in terms of morale, changing things up, getting less predictable, changing your tendencies. But if you listen to me over the off-season – My big thing at the time, and I think it's coming true, is the real sin, flaw, whatever you want to say here in this whole process, isn't necessarily bringing Canada back. I wouldn't have. I'm on record of saying that in the offseason. Now, first off, 32 teams in the league, 16 of them changed their offensive play caller this offseason. Scoring's down. Most teams aren't happy about it. Big changes across the league. The Steelers didn't, you know, keep Kenny as comfortable as possible. We know all the reasons. But here's what I said in the offseason. If you're going to bring him back, which I understood but didn't condone, what you have to do is bring in, and I'm just making this title up, call him whatever you want, an offensive senior assistant. Sort of like Flores last year, but more so, the grizzled old coach that's been around the block that he's not in charge of the running backs, He's not in charge of the tight ends. He's just a senior assistant or assistant head coach, call him whatever you want. There's plenty of those guys that were available, you know, that you could have in the room influencing kind of peeking over his shoulder too, but it's a fallback plan. If you get to this point, you can hand it to somebody that has done a lot of play calling or whatever. They didn't do that, and that to me is a problem. So now to Kenny Pickett, let's assume calling this a wasted year is too rough. You know, it's only October third. You know, or, you know, it's it's only four games into a seventeen-game season. The season is not wasted. But next year is year three of Kenny Pickett's contract, and that leaves you one more year of window of a cheap deal. These things happen very quick folks. And it also only leaves you after this year, one season to figure out if you're going to pick up his fifth year option or not, you know, like you have to make these decisions going into year four, 2024 is year three. You know, these things like having a good rookie contract quarterback is a tremendous asset in this league. But if you squander a year or two of it, before you know, that asset's gone. So you have to think in that manner. And that is, you know, do you pick up the fifth year option? Do you draft one this year? Do you draft one next year? Do you go sign Kirk Cousins? You know what I mean? Like, you can't just sit on your hands and you have to find out this information. I'm still a picket believer, but you can't have this product out there for the next two or three years and be cool with it. You know, and that's just how the world works. Now, another picket note, he doesn't look like he trusts what the coaching staff is giving him. He doesn't look like he feels prepared. He doesn't look like if he is buying into what they're selling him. And what I've said a couple times is even if it's a good scheme, which, frankly, I don't think it really is, but if you don't buy into it, It doesn't matter if it's the best scheme in the world. And if it isn't taught properly, which I don't know if it is or not. I mean, none of us know what kind of teacher, you know, we might know some of the curriculum, but we don't know what kind of teacher, Canada, the quarterback coach, the offensive staff, Tomlin for that matter. I get the hunch Tomlin's a pretty good teacher over history. But how are you selling your product, teaching your product? You know, that's a big thing to me. So that's my notes on that. Uh, go check out my article. It's not about Canada and whatnot. It's about whether things, personnel moves you could do. Um, here's a couple other nuggets. By losing that game, they lost an eight percent, an eight percentage of their chance to go to the playoffs, and they're now at like thirty one percent percent chance to make the playoffs. Predictability, AFC game, what the rest of the league did, et cetera, et cetera. And that's not an exact science. These are mathematician prognosticators, you know, but right now they're at about 31% chance to get to the postseason. Um, in week four, Stroud had the seventh best total EPA amongst all quarterbacks in the league against the Steelers. You know, his entire game, not per play, what he brought to the table for the whole game was seventh best among all quarterbacks in the league in week four. And Nico, Col- Nico Collins was third amongst all pass catchers, you know, so these guys played, played well. And the Steelers has something to do with that. Obviously, you know, poor defense is something obviously to do with that. Um, in my article, I talked about some offensive line changes. I think we've talked about it here as well. But one thing I thought was really bad in this game was the recognition of stunts and games, especially on the interior, especially Mason Cole, like, didn't like they were shocked that the you know these guys are running stunts and games and things you know like pretty basic stuff that they did not pick up well up front at all and I will say Pat Meyer the offensive line coach is somebody I think is a very good coach I've paid a lot of attention to his work it's not working right now but I don't think it's time to fire the line coach too the world doesn't need to fire everyone in the world Um, I'll be back in a moment quick break Uh, here we go okay so watching this game this would be the last Texans podcast but just some final notes, I'm done watching it, time to turn a page on to Baltimore. Uh, I did think Siemalu held up really well in protection in this game. You know, I talked about the stunt recognition problems on the interior. Well, his protection was really good, you know, that that was not great, but it was a positive note that I didn't know on the first blush. Herbig, on the other hand, his protection was awful. It it was really bad. And I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass. I mean, he's definitely more of a run blocker than pass blocker, but he struggled and he was part of the recognition stuff with stunts and things. Um, Go read my article for O-line suggestions, but boy, his protection was bad. I don't know if you realize this, but there was 59 offensive snaps Broderick Jones got in for 51 of them. He played that much. He, too, was really bad in pass protection. I mean, it's still a work in progress. That's the concern. That's why he's not on the field. Well, he had a really tough day in pass protection. Top to bottom, really bad day for Muth too. I mean, I'm sure you've seen clips of him getting ragdolled by defensive ends, which I don't know why they keep asking him to block them. Defensive ends, that is. But overall, contributed... Very little to the offense. Fire Shocking, to be honest with you. Um, I'm not going to get into this deep because this is stuff that's in my articles better laid out there. But this was another encouraging performance by Benton. He has to play more. Um, He's still not playing enough to my liking. We'll get into snap counts here to finish up the podcast in a minute. But two other guys that had especially bad days. Pat Pete looking bad. I mean, he looking old. And Landon Roberts had a rough day, too. And I think I mentioned that the other day. I mean, just picking on them. Not, not great for those two. Um, defensive snap counts is one thing I want to talk about here to finish up the show. They played 71 defensive snaps. And the defensive lineman snap allocation kind of went like this. Joby for 46. Adams for 41. Watts for 34, which is a high number for him. But remember, Liao got hurt. Benton only for 29. You can probably read the tea leaves here that that's a big thing in my article is Benton needs to play much more. 29 out of 71 snaps is not going to cut it for that guy. Liao only lasted 21 and Loudermilk played 13. On the edge, I guess because they were losing and didn't want to give things up, But out of 71 snaps, Highsmith played 63, Watt played 62. Those guys usually play less, and I do suspect less is more with those guys. Stay fresher. Highsmith had a very good game. By Watt's standard, he had a very bad game. By normal people's standard, he had a very average game. Golden was only out there for 13 snaps, and Herbig was only out there for four. Of the -the off-the-ball linebackers, Holcomb played 63, Roberts played 42. Alexander was out there for 27. The safeties. Minka was out there for all 71. Neil was out there for 45. KZ for 34. I should probably know this off the top of my head, but I, I don't have a great reason why Neil was out snapping KZ. Is that a? I want to go back and look at that because I think that's been a trend for a couple games now. They're very different players. Neil's obviously better against the run. They do play some big nickel with the three of them out there. But Casey's the better player to me. Corners mentioned Peterson had a rough day. Him and Wallace played every snap. Not uncommon for outside corners. Sullivan played 21 out of 71. Porter only played 10. Again, reference my article for that. mismention mentioned Peterson's not playing great. I think, you know, Wallace isn't playing great. Porter only got 10 snaps. Not enough. Not enough. So last thing, and I promise this is not in the same vein of what I asked you guys to tell me not to do, which is by Wednesday, Thursday saying, oh, it's just one game time to move on. If you beat Baltimore, you'll be fine. No big deal. Two and one into the bye. Easy schedule because there's much bigger problems than that. I don't want to be that guy this week. But what I've been saying On the drive and other outlets, I was on with Mark Madden. I believe this to be true. And again, it's not talking out both sides of my mouth. Their tape, their film, you know, watching the Steelers tape is way worse than their situation. And what I mean by that is the Bengals stink. The Ravens are atop the division, but they're not perfect by any means or a powerhouse. The Steelers are tied for second, but have the tiebreakers. The Browns are kind of a mess. There's a lot of really bad teams in the league right now. Do you watch the Giants on Monday night? Oy, you know, The Patriots are bad. So their situation, their standing in the AFC and in the division is way better than what they're putting on the football field. The Steelers' tape is way worse than their situation, is how I've been saying it. Now, if they can get their tape better, their situation will get better, and then we can have some optimism. If their tape doesn't get better, none of it matters. All right, talk to you guys tomorrow. We're going to start breaking down the Ravens heavy here soon. uh, Over and out.